to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello, welcome to episode 108 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with Colin McKay. And Lorraine McKellop. And we are in the Raven again, a newly painted, looking lovely and, Raven. Guys, we're back to our old seats again because last week we were around the corner sitting. So it was all oh, really? Yeah, yeah. we were sitting there. Did, you, just, did you just forget to reserve a table again? No, I did reserve a table. No, this was closed. This guy's been all closed. I have to say, I'm actually not a fan of the colour of the place outside. I think it looks like every other fucking pub, or it like looks it, like, you know those ones that are joined on to like a Premier Inn? Yes. I had, before I had that kind of black and blue, it looked kind of distinctive. Yeah. I agree. What colour is this? Isn't it? Kind of no, I'm talking about the outside. Yeah, no, but the inside, this is like, you know... Well, apparently they're doing the mural up in the wall, where the city guy does the graffiti outside at the side wall. The, one, that, the Big Raven. Big yeah. Raven. Yeah. He, he can come in here and do something on this wall as well. Oh. Apparently he's quite well known as a Glasgow artist. I don't know his name, but apparently he's very famous. That's ignorance or that's always been ignorant, not, yeah. not the reason. Uh, and there's also a kind of weird hanging gardens of Babylon type oh, thing yeah, going on here. Yeah. Where's the fucking anchors and the sea the seaside theme going? Which never really made sense to me. They've got rigging up still. Still got the ropes. Still got the rigging up. But again, is it because we're fast? Now I feel like I'm in some sort of Tuscan villa. That could be what they're going for. But we've asked the this before. Are you themed on Edgar Allen or are you themed on. Ship. We, we, I don't understand why. I don't get it. Is it meant to be like the rate? Is the rate in a ship? Is it an Edgar Allan Poe? I don't know. What, what, what's. They've not given us an answer yet. I know. They're not going to. I don't think they know themselves. No, I don't think they know either. They're really confused. So we're in the rave. We're in the rave, yeah. What are you drinking tonight, Colin? My usual Cold Town Lager. Cold Town Lager? No. I am on Pale Armadillo from Tempest Brewing. Oh, which is nice. Is that a Scottish beer? Yeah, it's, it's from the Borders. Do they all do Scottish beer in here? No, they don't. No, they don't. No, beers. But no, it's nice. Very, very, very crisp. Large glass of white wine. I don't know what fucking kind. And House I don't wine. Care. House wine. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> one that I just asked for was a Pinot Grigio, and Colin bought me the first one. I don't know what you. Colin brought you cooking wine. I basically. said to the man, pick for me, and I said, I said, don't be too extravagant. But, but you can pick. I, I, I don't know who made it. I don't really yeah. care. Good. Tastes nice. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about your calls in. Lorraine, anything you want of interest at home? Right. Um, still watching yeah. Community. Well, we've not really watched it this week, but we're still on making your way through Community. Yeah, yeah. we made a start on Community. Um, I know it's about ten years. It's about ten yeah, years old, isn't it? Roughly, but yeah. It's worth watching, though. Yeah. I don't like being told to watch things when people tell me to watch them. <laughs> I'll just say the Parks and Rec. It took me like a good. I had to come to it myself. Same with the Office, the American Office. I came to it when I wanted to come oh, to. Fuck it. that. That I've never really wanted to watch the American Office. I think what the, the British Office was that done in what two seasons? Yes, and it's terrible. Two, two seasons, two series, yeah. series we say in the UK. Mm. Um, you think the British one was awful? Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I hate British Office. I'm the same. It's painful to watch, but it's meant to be. Yeah. No, I much prefer the American one. I find the American one very funny. They've dragged it out, haven't they? They have, but they've dragged it enough that it's still interesting. I like the dynamic between the, all the characters. Is Steve Carell in the American one? Yes, yeah, Steve Carell, John Krasinski, um, Rain, Will- Wilson. Rain Wilson's in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. They're in it all the time. Like, they're, they're yeah, they're in it. Think, was it Mindy Kaling in Mindy it Mindy Kaling, well? she started as a writer on it and then became like a week and a bit part. She became big from that. Yeah. Um, the guy from Glorious Bastards um, is in it as well, the one who's, I can't remember his name now. The one who survives at the end. Can I just say, is Endale sweating? It is warm tonight. It's warm. It's yeah. fucking warm in here. I'm comfortable, but I'm... Okay. You, you're wearing a jumper? I live in a different temperature. Yeah, <laughs> Colin's old and thin, so he's yes. always cold. His whole body can't handle cold. Um, so community, are you enjoying it mostly? Yes. Um, it's, it's, kind of, it's, I think for the first one it was kind of hooked you from there, and it was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then it kind of 
better and better in the characters are kind of they grow nicely they kind of breathe and you kind of get get to know who they are yeah, yeah. Um, I'm quite yeah there's a lot of aspects of it I'm enjoying like um, maybe not so much like the main cat the main the, the main protagonist, like Britta, is it Britta? Britta, yeah. Yeah, um, I actually quite enjoy Abed, and I really enjoy Chevy Chase's character. Yes, yeah. Chevy Chase is good, Abed, and um, his little Troy. mate. Troy, and Abed. Troy, yeah. Oh, Donald, uh, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Yeah. yeah, I think Britta is like, um, she's almost like the most annoying sort of like leftist hippie in the world. You're like, I fucking she's, she's someone you wouldn't like. She's and, very and good, and uh, we saw her in, um, wait, so she's, she's been in Girls. Yeah. Jillian Jacobs, that's yeah. her name. She's been in Girls, and she was really good in Girls. And she's the character that she plays in Girls is you're not meant to like her. Right, okay. Um, she was also in Can like, Beef Up, which is a Life horrendous of, movie. Life of the Party. She's also in um, a series on Netflix called Love, but I haven't actually watched oh, I've it. Good things about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I've not actually watched that yet. Um, but yeah, Chevy Chase, I think, and Abed. Abed I, I quite yeah. like Shirley as well. Shirley, Shirley yeah. It's really only Britta and the main guy that I really I yeah. did like as much. Uh, he's the Spanish teacher. The, the oh, oh Kev, Ken John. Ken Young, yeah. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he steals it. Every time he's on, he just he walks away. He he's, just, he's been living off that now. because I, he does that character I know, okay, so, it's, so It's funny the first thing you go... didn't know he used to be a doctor. I was like, I was really yeah. a well-known doctor. Yeah, doctor like, yeah. he's, he's such a bit, even in like a hangover, he's playing such a cliched part, but he, uh-huh. just, he just steals the show up when he does. He's just like, not in a hangover and not in him. Um, he's in Crazy Rich Asians as well, not particularly interesting, but I like him in Community. Yeah, community. really, really funny. So Community, could yeah, anything else still enjoy Community watching? We watched um, Buffalo Soldier. Oh, right, so yeah, I, Colin had never seen it. Uh, I actually bought it on DVD from a charity shop, that I think probably from the one that I volunteer in. Um, and we watched it the other night. Yeah, humble brag. Hmm? The humble brag there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. The charity that I work in. Yeah, because, by humble, the no, because brag. it's like fucking magic, by the way. So, like, literally, you'd be looking, you'd be thinking, I'd quite like to see this film, and then I go and do a shift in the charity shop, and I only work there every couple stuff. of weeks. And lo and behold, it fucking appears in front of you. This is the one that Joaquin Phoenix is in, yes? Joaquin Phoenix. Ed Harris, Anna Paquin, Michael Pena. Um, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Yes. Scott Glenn. Yes. Yeah, Leon big, as well. Big cast. Um, really, really big cast in it. And Idris Elba appears in it as well. It's a, a small, very small yeah. part. Yeah. Right? yeah. Very, very big um, part. Very, it's kind of film that made. Um, I think it was largely overlooked because of 9-11 yeah, so I think right. that America didn't really give it it deserves a lot of credit it's actually based on a novel which I've yeah. never read I didn't know that when I fir- the first time I saw it the first time I saw it was about 10 years ago um, but yeah it was fucking really it is I, really, I, I, really I was good. really kind of engrossed by it really quiet because you kept enjoying this and it was like just good I think this this and a gladiator sort of made wacking sort of like that pushed them mainstream sort of mainstream yeah. yeah maybe more gladiator but I think Buffalo I wouldn't Soldier. say that I wouldn't say Buffalo Soldiers is a mainstream film no. but it yeah. pushed them towards it's like gladiator that recognition the, yeah. gladiator put them in the mainstream and Buffalo Soldier said showed that he really could be a great actor I think they showed they can act that yeah. this boy's got got range you know talent, yeah. he's not just a pretty face um, yeah he plays such a like he's very because he plays like a, he's got a, like quite a duplicitous nature in the film yeah, yeah. so he plays like this really kind of softly spoken and sensitive type to his boss yeah um, but actually he's like a major scumbag he's yeah. like a total anti-hero yeah. do you know what I mean but so he's, he's like, yeah he's got a bit of a holding coffee with about him a little bit yeah we watched Dracula as well what one? oh god yeah um, Bram Stoker's Dracula Gary fucking Oldman. what one Gary Oldman I still think one of Gary Oldman's best performances 
Maybe apart from the Sid and Nancy. Sadie Frost is fucking dreadful. Yeah, she's awful. But I do yeah, like Gary Oldman. Keanu's awful at it as well. Keanu is he's struggling. <laughs> that Gary Oldman's really good in it. Um, Anthony Hopkins is having a whale at a time as, as Van Helsing. And um, what's his face is in it? Richard D. Grant. I love sorry. Richard D. Grant and anything. Yeah, yeah, so that was, we enjoyed watching it. just a random watch. I, I don't know, I you, think you went to, oh, does it, so you went to Leeds and you went to the Vampire Cottage, did you? Oh, but so this Vampire is Cottage? What? Yeah. So but is that what they call it? Explain. What, Bay Abbey? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, <laughs> wait. No, no, that's the inspiration. Have you ever read Dracula? Yes. Right, so when the boat comes in at Whitby, oh, right, that's okay. where the whole, because, well, you got the inspiration because... I think there was actually a, a, some sort of fucking ship, like, ran aground or something called the Dimitri. Alright, oh, okay. Um, Bram Stoker used to spend time in Whitby, oh, and he, there's like the 199 steps he climb, and actually, we, like, I didn't get to spend a lot of time in Whitby. When we got there, we really can only had time to have a quick drink, and we went up to the Abbey and come back down again. Um, but when you're up there, you can see you can see that the town obviously it's like any coastal a lot of coastal towns is like it slopes in towards the fucking coast. The coast is really wide. Yeah. You can kind of get a sense like you get the narrow streets and everything. Yeah. So you've got the sense of what it would have been like maybe when he was. When he was looking at it. Yeah. Um, and Whitby Abbey is up higher than all okay. of that. Um, but yeah, so no. did you live there as a young man, or was he there as sort of like an no, older man? No, just like a holiday, like oh, visiting, travelling. Yeah, or you know, like people used to go and stay with, used to go and stay with people for a long period uh, of time as well, didn't they? Like yeah. you'd have people to stay. So um, that's part of this inspiration for writing. Right, for writing parts of Mary Shelley, she was way before, long, long time before. But she was inspired by stuff in Scotland as well. So um, when I came back, I was like, oh, I really fucking feel the need to watch. Dracula. And lo and behold, you went into a shop. And I found it. It wasn't a charity shop. No, I tried to down. Second time. It just, and it appeared. Yeah, nice. As if by magic. I like when you go somewhere and something, you see something that inspires you to watch something you've normally yeah. watched. You feel like, you know what, I feel like I need to watch that now. Yeah, you know, something that's after watching it, I feel like I need to read the book again. Like, it's actually for... for it's actually a lot of it's quite close to the book. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I don't think I've ever really watched a Frankenstein film, but you always used to see clips of like it's alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I actually read the book, I was like, that doesn't even happen no, at all. No. It's actually completely. It's almost a throwaway part of the book. So, yeah. Like, really, not a big deal is made about the Frankenstein him book creating quite, life. It's quite a mundane book, Frankenstein. Yeah, it's more a story about the monster, obviously, but it's, it's quite a sad. It's quite a mundane sad story. It's all about. You know, like frankly hiding in the, the forest and things like that, and trying yeah. to try, like, engage with humanity in some small way. It's not so much about the doctor being alive. It's sort yeah. of am I right? Almost kicks off from when he comes alive, isn't it? Is, is no, it, no, before. Yeah. No, I think it starts. Uh, no, because what actually happens in the book, right, is that Frankenstein decides that he's going to try and create life, right, mm. and he manages to get this body and piece it together. And in the book, it's something kind of like, and I tried to make life, and then. I did. I was disappointed with the res- I was just dis- I was disappointed with the results and so disgusted that I just walked away, right? Yeah. So because because these rented rooms is what they always oh, used yeah, to yeah. do in these books in the past was rent rooms. 
And from what I remember in the book, he literally goes into another room and then like later on in the day or a day or so later, he goes back into the room and the body's not there and he's like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. But again, I don't think he thinks too much about it. No. Do you know what I mean? So it's not, it's, it's, there's no fucking mad scientist pulling down a big charge of electricity no. and screaming it's alive, it's alive. It just doesn't happen in the book at all. Yeah, it's like a whole invention. Um, yeah. No, I don't even say the book was mundane. There's a lot, I only read it once, I would really read, need to reread it again, but there's lots of themes running through that about. Um, I don't know, that themes, but yeah. It's, it's a not... very masculine book, and then you've got the, the, the whole thing of like, Usually, you know, obviously it's always women giving birth, but then it's like, from a male perspective, like man creating life. Because mm. man's never really. Man's that, more so, creative. Yeah. I think, and so through history, it, man's always credited with creating things. It's the way, it's like, it's the, way, it's the, way the narrative unfolds in Fra- <coughs> Frankenstein is, I think, it's done a very. Like you just said it there, the way they talk about the fact he made life is, is very mundane. The way you talk about it is very sort of simplistic and very sort of like that happens and then moves away. Most of it, I think, is in that guise as well. So it's very, it's very simplified and very sort of. I think the significance is lost yeah. on him. Yeah. Uh, but maybe not on the reader. What I find is, um, and Samuel Order Rings as well is, it's hard reading. I think you've got to adjust your brain to reading right. that style because it was written. Yeah, if I ever need to read the word fucking countenance again, by the way, the word countenance, yeah. I had to actually look it up. I think it was the first time I ever fucking read it when I was reading Frankenstein, and. They use it over and over and over again, and I was like, either Mary Shelley couldn't think of another word for she face. Had, she had a word a day calendar, and that was the, that was the word she got. I just, I mean, I can't imagine people actually talk like that. I, I was yeah. imagining it's, sort of, it's, it's someone writing down how they imagine people should talk, and opposed to how they uh, actually talk. But what was I watching the other day? And somebody used the word countenance, and I was like, fuck off! Nobody uses that <laughs> word. Like that's not a word that people use anymore. But basically, countenance just means your face, your expression, your yeah. composure. But, um, yeah. yep, Dracula was yeah. good. It holds up really well. Um, since, what, 20 years old now, perhaps? Oh, more than that. Yeah. I think it's about 1992, I've but was it comedic at the time, or is it only watching it now I in retrospect? No, I think it was. I think he balls out going for it. He thought, I'm going to oh, fucking okay. take Van Helsing and make him larger than life. Okay. It's been a long time since I watched it, to be fair. Re-watching it's really, really worth it. I think that's all we've kind of really... Uh, that we watched Exposed. God, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this was, um, Kenny Reeves going a bit Nick Cage, we've seen something yesterday. It's, it's this weird film that was... Um, written as a kind of almost supernatural mystery um, but then Hollywood didn't release that version and decided they had to make it more Hollywood so they kind of filmed a second version almost with the kind of sideline of a detective in it okay. released this as a kind of spliced film right. and the whole thing is just, it, it's exactly that it's disjointed it's two incomplete films that never quite make right. a whole and I think the original film apparently there's a version out there where you can see the original film in its entirety which it is really really good but the one that was released it's just horribly horribly done I mean what we watched is Keanu Reeves is trying to find out he's a detective and he's trying to find out who killed his partner who was already in trouble with the police department for corruption and um, dodgy dealings and 
behaviour and such. Um, and alongside that, you've got this side story of this young Hispanic woman who starts to have strange visions. And Raptures almost. Sorry? Raptures, maybe? Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, she's quite religious. Um, he starts to have strange visions and... People floating and stuff. Are you talking yeah. end of days type thing here? Like, no, not like angels. I mean, end of, like, film end of days. Yeah. And at the same time, she's trying to look at, she's a, like a primary school, like, maybe not a primary school, like a nursery teacher. Nursery, yeah. And she's trying to look out for this wee girl that she's kind of honed in on that maybe needs her help, that's maybe not from such a good family, a good yeah. lifestyle or whatever. And you do spend a lot of time going, why the, why the fuck are they telling these two different stories? Yeah, like, I where is that? And it is kind of finely tied up at the end. I think it is a kind of stretch to tie up when it did, but that's the story. Is it? There was, it was one movie that they decided, no, let's make it into something else, and it just fell no. away. Oh, okay. Which is a shame, because I think there's a bones there or there somewhere. But we just need more flesh out. I've watched a couple of things. I watched a documentary called Uncle Howard. Which is about Howard Bruckmeyer, Bruckmeyer, name, Bruckner, sorry, Bruckner, who was a director in Hollywood in the 1980s. He was best friends with who was a crazy fucking writer in the 1980s, William Burroughs. Right. And he's doing a documentary on how he made the a Naked Lunch. That yes. William Burroughs. Yeah. Oh, I thought that in DVD in the house. Um, I watched it. So well, he wrote William Burroughs' book on it. So yeah. he was in a, in a sort of very involved in sort of like. Is William Burroughs the one that shot his wife by accident? William yes. Tell. <laughs> no, William Tell. Wrote <laughs> the book, playing yeah. William Tell. And, and he shot his wife. I killed her. And got and got, yeah. and got literally he got a slap on the wrist when he came back to be done it in Mexico and everything illegal in Mexico. Yeah, but I think it's because they actually believed that he didn't mean <laughs> didn't he? to do it because she was sitting with a fucking apple on her head. Even so, still fucking mad. Like you can go on a slap on the wrist. Anyway, but it was the forties or the fifties as yeah. well. Like a lot of stuff, you know. Things fly then. <laughs> um, I don't know fucking. So. But yeah, you can do anything you want. So. This guy makes a documentary about him and he's sort of seen as a sort of shining light in the New York film scene. People want to get involved with him. Um, uh, and he's making his first debut feature film. It's got people like uh, Madonna in it and it's got Matt Dillon in it. And it's going to be the next big thing. All of a sudden, basically, he... Not all of a sudden, but he's basically got AIDS at the height of the AIDS crisis in, in New York. And he catches it. He's a gay man in that city. Um, and he dies because of it. The film doesn't get finished. So the film starts in unfinished. The documentary doesn't get finished either. And this documentary is was a this, bit, sorry, Was this his first film? Yeah, he was, was making. Yeah, he right. documented on well, but then his um, first feature film right, right. Didn't, didn't, didn't get finished. So this film's about his nephew um, trying to discover who his uncle was and about his life and um, and, and what he did and trying to uncover, uncover the film as well and trying to in some way get it out there or even try and get it pieced together in some way. It's an interesting idea and it's a nice kind of weekend journey of self exploration from the filmmaker trying to find out about his family. But it, the film itself doesn't tell you anything more than this guy was a filmmaker, he had AIDS, he died of AIDS, it's kind of sad. So it doesn't uncover anything? doesn't uncover anything. Could, I could IMDb this or mm-hmm. Wikipedia and know everything the documentary. Yes, absolutely, just cliff note it. It's, it's a shame. It's a real one. There must have been, been more to the man than I feel so, yeah, the surface that they give me. Clearly there is something in almost, almost mm-hmm. mid anyway, there kind of wasn't more to the man maybe. Maybe that's the problem. So Maybe he was just a guy who was unlucky enough to catch, to, to contract AIDS, died because of it, and his work remained uncompleted. So, in a way, it is, that's, that kind of is his legacy. Yeah. You know, he was, and, and to try and find more of a story there becomes tough. It's like this idea of, like, there's a podcast and everybody. Something that's there is. That's what I was going to say, is it a documentary? Because documents are the thing to do just now. Aye, it's like, it's like maybe, there, maybe there isn't a story there. There's no real great drama other than the fact it's, it's tragic. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's a bit oh. of a shame. 
Um, does it show you any footage of the film? Yeah. Did, you seen the film? Is the film good? Or? I don't know. No, no, I haven't seen it. Do you know the story of the film? Not or? really, no. Oh. <laughs> it looks interesting. Uh, Madonna in it. Madonna looks interesting in it. You know, it's before, I think it's even before Dick Tracy, so it's like one of the kind of early right. any film kind of roles. So. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's, it looks yeah. interesting, but um, yeah, I feel like a missed opportunity. I feel like it maybe opened up more to maybe discover more about New York at that time, you know, because New York at the time in the late 80s it was still pretty much a hellhole. You yeah. know, and shit was just. Oh, so, so was there more that they couldn't find it, or was it just that it wasn't that fucking interesting? He's an interesting guy within his time, and, he's, I mean, and what was interesting about him is all there, but it's just not interesting like a great documentary. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Another thing I watched on Amazon is Good Omens from David Tennant and, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Was oh, that Neil Gaiman? Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Uh, they wrote it. So what I've heard about this is whenever those two are on screen, it's electric. Out with that, it's a pair of shit. Disagree. Okay. Cool. No. When they're on screen, it is very funny. They're excellent on screen. Mm-hmm. There's a, I read a book years ago because me and Christopher are massive. You're a big fan of yeah. So, but in memories of the book, I'm quite limited. I think I read it a long time ago, so we have to reread it. But it gets all the stuff in the book that I liked in it, and it has the tone of the book really well. That kind of, that's really kind of silly, but not quite silly. Um, but no, it's really funny. I really enjoyed it. It's got some nice ideas in it. All the cast have been having fun with it. It's only six episodes, an hour long each. You're talking like six hours. No, nice, simple, a like good, solid mini series. Um, and it works. Yeah, I'll actually thought if you're a fan of the book, you really enjoy it. If you're a fan of that kind of fantasy in a world, you'll enjoy it as well. I never, I, I kind of, my big, well, not so much now, but I used to do a lot of fantasy, sort of Terry Brooks stuff yeah. like that, but um, I never kind of really got into um, Pratchett at all. I just, I never felt that way. I don't know why, it was, it was not. So, you know, didn't choose to, I just never tapped to stumble across anything. And, I don't understand his worlds. I would say definitely delve into Patrick. Patrick's worlds yeah. are fantastic. They are probably the most dense and most enjoyable worlds that anyone's created. Um, gaming is a bit harder to get into. Gaming does get a little bit more mystical and a bit yeah. sort of like weirder. So that's what I liked about this week. I enjoy a lot of gaming. But I enjoy Patrick more. And because it's two working together, gaming sort of like, you know, Patrick sort of like nullifies gaming's ability to go wandering off. Yeah, it will streamline, bones it, and you've got a lot of funnier. Tight story making. Tight up, yeah, we can Just spitball on either then, so... Robert Rankin. Yes. Do you think he would make a good movie? I would love to see Halls of the Mind of the Apocalypse. I would like to see the Bedford trilogy, perhaps, yeah. or... I'm actually surprised... Like Armageddon trilogy. I'm surprised that Robert Rankin is a favourite writer of ours. Yeah. And yes, yeah, sort of like Pratchett Light, I think, is the best way to some people. I'm amazed in this world when everything's going to adapt it. There's nothing He's never been picked up. Because it is very. The, the humour in there is, is official. You can yeah. see it. It's a, it's an official style of writing. Uh-huh. The, the, the humour would translate really well. It's bizarre that it's not. I mean, like the, the Armageddon trilogy, it is a cinematic right because he's writing it as a cinematic experience. I think. It's really, really strange. If, if you do the tone and the Chocolate Bunnies, that would work really well. Yeah. I think that's the kind of tone you want to go for with it. But it is really strange. Yeah. Nothing's done. Somebody's missing a trick. Yeah. You hear that, people? Do, do, do ranking. But that's yeah, all we're watching at home, so we'll move on to the cinematic. Oh, one more thing. I watched Creed 2, it was not very good. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, sure. That's it, done. Yeah. Um, first film, The Dead Don't Die. The Dead Don't We watched this last night. Yeah. Yeah. When did you see it? A couple of nights ago. Cool. Yeah. Directed by Jim Jarmusch, who directed um, Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog. Only Lovers Left Alive as well recently, the vampire one. Oh, Ghost Dog's his best film today. 
I really like Patterson. Patterson's a great year, not seen it yet, I know. The only film I, I had to look it up last night because I couldn't think, I didn't know what films I'd seen. If it's the only one I've seen is Broken Flowers. Broken Flowers, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think it was one of these kind of bigger hits. For Chat Hardens. Yeah, I've not seen it either. I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen it either, actually. But it's one of these bigger hits. Yeah, but I, like, I think Ghost Dogs is still, that was one of his first films as well. Early one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Ghost Dogs a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Patterson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the live I did quite enjoy as well, but not quite as much as in. Really, I think maybe you both really gave Patterson in a big way because yeah. sort of that, so it was really a film about nothing that's yeah. so lovely. Just a somebody's life. Yeah. Um, but this one is different, it's um, essentially the zombie apocalypse happening, yeah. but it's taking place in a town called Centerville, Centerville yeah. USA, um, and while the zombie apocalypse is happening, everyone behaves like they're in a Jim Jarmusch film where they sit around talking about things that are completely non-sequential to the actual events. Um, and the story unfolds through that, through the normal zombie apocalypse, but in a slightly different off-kilter way. Yeah. 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 Um, yourself, did you, what do you think of it? Lorraine, you go first, because you had, you, you were... No, no, you, you go first. You go first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. You enjoyed um, it? Great fun. I, I loved, um, I, I like the whole deadpan thing. I, I really enjoyed just the deadpan delivery and... You get Bill Murray and Adam Driver playing the two cops. Yeah, and yeah. They, they bounce off for those to just... Fucking genius, they work really well, the chemistry's there. What I've seen in Lorraine last night in the film was like, it's almost not like a Monty Python film without the kind of whackiness of Monty Python. Yeah. Almost. That, that's kind of how, what I took from it. Um, and I, I just soaked it up. I really, really Enjoyed liked it. All of it, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, even it, like, it gets obscure, um, kind of awkward about that in a minute, and it, you know, it just fucking goes off the page with writing. Like, yeah. It's fucking insane, but I, I just love that irrelevance from randomness. I like it. Fucking not. That's the point. I mean, there's you know, it's in the script. No, is it? I, I, I got it, man. Yeah. I got very, it. Very, very postmodern. Yeah. Lorraine. I was um, rather unsatisfied. I had a strong feeling of dissatisfaction when we came out of the cinema last night. Um, oh, oh, can I tell you? Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me permission. Um, no, uh, for several reasons. Um, yeah, okay, so I don't think anybody gave a bad performance at no. all. I enjoyed everybody's performance. Um, but I kind of felt like, see if you're telling the story, like fucking tell the story or finish the story or finish part. Like don't chuck in like a fucking extra part. Yeah. That, do you know what I mean? The feels like, completely out of place with it. Yeah. So I couldn't, I, I don't know why Tilda Swinton was in that at all other than for Tilda Swinton to be in it. And to crack a fucking Star Wars joke. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't get, Lorraine pointed out to me. I was like, Apparently didn't script before the casting. But I also, and right, I don't mind parody and I don't mind a bit of self-awareness and self-reference, right? I draw the line when they're actually sitting in the car talking about the script because I was like, you've actually ruined the magic for me now and this isn't fun anymore. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, and the, 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 yeah, so when I'm saying, like, finish the story, like, the three kids in yeah. juvie, I'm like, in juvie, look at me, pretending I'm young, yeah. and I'm American, <laughs> and I've got the lingo, um, in juvenile detention, but, like, I'm like, what the fucking hell, what was the point in that? I, was, I agreed, yeah. Like, they either put them in it and give them a story, or don't fucking put them in it at yeah. all. Like, what's the, and, and look, what's the point also of the... the Singer, what's the famous girl singer? Who we talk about it? Gomez. Selena Gomez. What's the point in her role really in it? Is he seen? Other than to what 
boost Caleb Landry Jones's character ah, a wee bit, yeah. and yeah. It, like, but is that not the point of Jeremy? It's, 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 it's just not. Okay, yeah, 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 people pass through the town. Who, what did you just say? Jim Jermish, what was his name? Jermish. Jim Jermish. Jim Jim Jermish. Jim 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 Jim. But is that not the point? Is it is like he's still doing slice of life, so it's just you know people are trying to get through the town. Again, I don't mind slice of life, and it's not a Jim Jermish film, right? But as a Bill Murray film, Lost in Translation, people are like, oh, nothing happens. It's like, yeah, what's your fucking point? Nothing does happen, kind of. But there's a story and there's a beginning and a middle and an end. And and it's coherent. Whereas I was just like, I kept waiting for it to... like Like Tom Waits' character... Just sitting there in the trees, watching everybody, yeah. making really trite observations. They weren't even like profound or original or anything. Wow. They were just really trite. And I came out <laughs> and I was like, and so were we supposed to think that consumerism yeah. caused all of this? Yeah, that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's doing ideas that. Um, Rosie Perez just. I love Rosie Perez. And what cracks me up is the fact that she does the, the TV voice. Oh. She's doing the TV anchor person voice, but there's certain words that she just can't, can't say yeah, without yeah. that New York twang <laughs> accent. And I, that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's fucking brilliant. But she like she just, just zeroes out. It's, it's, it's like bring it all together. Like bring it all together. Like okay, let me liken it to this. Right, last year, maybe the year before, Colin and I were talking shite together, and I said I was going to write a poem about llamas. Oh. Colin said I couldn't do it, right? Well, I'll tell you this. I have three partly finished verses and a lot of notes pinned to a notice board. So Colin's still winning right now? No, that's the Jim Jarmusch film that I just watched, basically. But zombie films... And I wouldn't show it to anybody until I'd actually finished it. But I think zombie films by their nature can't have an end because... You know, that's the end game is, you know, zombies. Shaun of the Dead did. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it's weird, I'm, I'm sort of like agreeing with both of you. Because <laughs> oh, I'm actually quite, I actually quite bastard. did enjoy it from big parts of it, I really did like it. But I'm, every every criticism that Lorraine's given it, I'm like, I'm 100% on that as well. Like, it didn't feel finished. It didn't feel like a Jim Jarmusch film. It felt like he'd made a zombie film for the sake of making a zombie uh-huh. film. Just to, to yeah. say he couldn't do it. I thought mostly cast having fun, but a, a lot of the jokes totally missed the mark. And you feel like I did. We, did. we both did love Adam Driver fucking racing into that car park in a fucking convertible smart that car. Was funny, that was funny. Like, that massive was massive. Seven that foot was five man. Yeah, that um, was really good. I just that's the thing that gets me. It's like it's it's trying to do things that Romero did sixty years ago. You know, like the whole thing, like it's everything going, like going right. If you've done this six years ago, then it's clever. But if you've done something that's been done many times since then, but it's still relevant. There was really nice, there was really nice touches. There was really nice small things that were funny in it. Like um, the dude, you know, it's when the guy was feeding the at the beginning. This guy's feeding his cats, uh-huh. and he licks his spoon. Yeah, that's funny. That's <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And there was there was little bits like that uh-huh. all the way through. But it didn't. It, it needs to make a whole. Film it did. Aye, it, was, it definitely felt me. like the way like <clears throat> pulp fiction is made up of a series of like say six or seven different vignettes, stories. I vignettes. Think, is that the word? Yes. They yeah. all come together and make a cohesive story. If you watch it, you go like, I get yeah. this whole story. This did not have that because the Selena Gomez um, traveler story 
never really gets resolved properly. You don't really see it resolve itself in any way. But they were compassing through a tower and they got killed. You need more that than that. You don't know, the Tilda Swinton story's never really, they really come But do you know what? Yeah, okay, okay, right. See, I'm Chloe Savini's ending is not convincingly um, given. I don't understand why she does what she does. I don't understand why she's a policewoman. Do you mean? The Danny Glover and um, Steve Shaw. No, it was like a depiction of a hysterical woman. Like we need more of them? No, but Danny Glover and Caleb Landry are holed up in the department store. Yeah. The idea of them not locking the back door just seems utterly insane. That was so silly. That seems so stupid. I'm sitting there watching them sit down and I was like, I swear to God, right, see if there's zombies trying to get in, right? And their wee fingers can poke through. And they're like, first of all, I don't think I'd sit down with my back to them. That was an issue, yeah. But as they sat down and did that, I was like, they've not not locked the back door. And I fucking knew they hadn't locked the back door. Yeah, just far too practical. No, but it just makes that's that's. You've got to you've got to adhere to the reality of the, of the movie it's given, and in, in, in that reality of that movie, if you're in a zombie, because that's the thing about yourself, they they embrace the fact it's a zombie apocalypse. They know it's zombie, most zombie films have spent half the film going, not even acknowledge the fact that zombies exist because they've never seen a zombie film, which makes no sense in the world. They obviously know that zombies exist in yeah. pop culture, so when zombies are happening, starting, they absolutely understand that this is happening. Certainly, the Killer Andrew Jones kind of who is a like a geek and a sort of like a fanboy, yeah. he would know, right, we've got to lock the back door. And if, yeah. you, and if you don't adhere to the rules of that world, then you, you lose relevance and, and it becomes unreal in that world. If you if you make it real enough in the world it exists in, then anything that happens becomes okay. And the point in Reza, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to put, I've just flicked to something as I was about to say this, right? But there's this. So, okay, you, you know how you get the whole manic, people get annoyed about the manic pixie dream girl? Yeah. Stereotype, trope type thing, uh, right? Yeah. Well, look, people also get uh, pissed off with the magical black person. Yeah. He fucking was. I've literally just realised that. I was about to point out, like, what was his role in the fucking thing, and then I was like, oh, fuck, he was the magical black person. Is that not Danny Glover? And then, but now that I'm thinking it, no, because he says, gonna give me a bit of wisdom. And he gives him the wisdom. And then he dies. And now I'm thinking, hang on, was that on purpose that he was supposed to be a vision of them? Do you know what I mean? He was planted in that to be the, and I know you can't see me, but they'll all testify that I am doing inverted air quotes. I'm doing air quotes here. He was, that was, he was a magical black person. That took more Razor to be the guy who, they put him in the film to indicate that Cal Landry Jones is gay, so when, he, so when Selena Gomez comes to town, uh, he's not trying to shag Selena what? Gomez. What? No. Caleb Landry Jones is gay in this? I, I, took, I, took, I, took, I, took, no. I took the way he tidies up when, he, when, Raz, when Raz is the first walks in, the way he acts about him, to me indicates he's got a crush on him. Um, no, I didn't get that at all. Well, it was just his homie. Hey, dude. No, I think it more is more than that. He wants to do something. He wants to add a... He wants to like, almost ask me to go for a drink or something. Sorry, yeah. I, fly, I, I was right. just trying to kill a fly there. <laughs> um, Don't fucking cut that out. I thought you were trying to agree with me for a second. It's real life. Well done, well done. It's real life. Um, Flies exist in this world. So, I took that as that. And then, so when Selena Gomez turns up, you realise he's not being a pair of Selena Gomez. He's, he isn't into Selena Gomez. I don't know, I think it was being a pair of Selena Gomez. Oh, okay, yeah, I've always been crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought he was into Selena Gomez. Yeah. But I think, I she, think she, she, into she was into him too. I think it was more like he was into the, the two. Because the two guys that she was with had absolutely no personality whatsoever. Well, I do which like is quite nice, butler. actually. She had the personality and they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, out of ten, Colin? I would, I would give it seven, seven and a half. Comfortably, Lorraine. 
I'm gonna go with a six. I'm gonna go with seven. So probably, I think we can agree there's moments in it you can enjoy. There's moments of fun in it, but there is a, a, a lack of cohesion, a lack of completeness towards the end. I'm the opposite. I think it was a really well-rounded film, and I kind of got, uh-huh. I got where he was, was doing. I think I got where he was doing. Why? Well, we discussed it on the bus going home last night, so we can discuss it. You can explain to me again because I still. Don't just, I, I think, like I say, I think it goes back to. I said uh, on the bus, Colin, not here. Mon- Monty Python. <laughs> that, that's it. for me. It's Mon- Monty Python pulls it all together for me. Okay. Monty Python. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. It, it does feel like it's sort of a surreal version of a zombie film, like a yeah. sort of up, up, is it? You yeah. know that kind of thing. You know, there's no rules. Shit happens because yeah. it's. Yeah. Um, so seven, seven, and six out of ten for Dead Don't Die. Um, next one, you've not seen this one yet. I don't think you're going to go and see it. So I'll just talk about it very quickly. We'll just Annabelle comes home. Okay. Uh, written by Gary Doberman. It's his debut film. Doberman. Doberman. Chirpo, is it? Is Chirpo. it two B's? No, D A U B E R M A N. Doberman. Or Doberman? Doberman, Doberman. Anyway, that's his name. That was him, I'd say Doberman. Yeah, debut film from him, the director, he wrote um, It, the new version of It, and also the Annabelle first one, or the first creation, or just the... The first Annabelle, Annabelle, Annabelle. He might have done creation, I'm not sure. He's done The Nun as well, he wrote The Nun. Um, So in this film, the plot is basically that Annabelle comes home. So it's basically the discovery of the doll, Annabelle. Yeah. It gets brought back to the... What's the family's called? What's the... What are they called? The Warrens. The Warrens. Um, Brought back home. The Warrens go away. Vera McFarmiga and Paddy Wilson, the mum and dad, they piss off, uh, leaving McKenna Grace, who is... I want to say Jenny Warren, is that the name of the daughter? Yeah. Yeah. They leave her at home with a babysitter and her friend, um, who also they go and touch the doll and all hell breaks loose because you don't touch the fucking doll. What were they told not to do? Don't touch the doll. Don't, don't, yeah. don't so, go downstairs. Yeah. Don't oh, touch oh, the oh, doll. Oh, sorry, baby. What? Oh, no, just burped. What's your thing? Now you've highlighted it. In the film, you've got, um, like, a Vera Farmer, Patrick Wilson, McKenna Grace, who we all know, uh, Madison Eisman, who is the blonde girl from Jumanji. Uh, also, Katie Sarah, who's our other best friend, um, she's not in much, to be honest. Um, this, unfortunately, is a rather dull, lifeless horror. Wow. It's, it's, it's zero scares. Jump scares? Does it try for them? It or? tries for them, just does not deliver a call, um, and it's very predictable from start to finish. You can, and oh. you can tell it's bad, Formiga and Wilson, they disappear quite sharp. That's what I was going to say, because they're probably the best thing about this the one, the, the Conjuring country, universe, yeah. um, is those two characters. And they just first ten minutes, last five. Really? They they come in, set the world apart, set the world up, and then fuck off. They that's know this that. is not for them. Yeah, that seems like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. I mean, to, to not fully utilise them because I see, I think they are the most interesting thing in. Absolutely, the and on. they actually add legitimacy through that weird universe. Yeah, good actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it also skews a little bit younger than it should. I think it's a fifteen. I'm not entirely. I have to check that, but I think it's, it's a fifteen, but it skews towards like almost. G12 material, and it comes a little bit like a your brother's type that's to me is a, a, a grown up goose, like a goosebump scene. Really? So uh, you know, they throw a lot of stuff in there, there's like a werewolf thing in it that's not really fully resolved. You all the kind of little, because Annabelle comes alive and it's out of the cage, and the little class room thing they've got for her, and the girl who does that touches everything in, the, in that chamber, everything sort of basically comes alive again, sort of like in the NPs get released, so there's a lot of shit going on, but nothing is actually fully interesting, you know, there's just, nothing really gets fully formed out to be a threat, it's like, it's just, just everything, you know, um, cast all very nondescript and I don't really offer much beyond screaming and sort of, is there, is, is there any gore in it or anything, or is it a very safe, very, very, very safe, safe very, very safe, oh, 
and definitely the weakest of all these films. Which is because Annabelle comes home is pretty fucking weak, so it's it. Annabelle I thought was poor. Annabelle really not comes home creation, so I thought it was slightly yeah. better than Annabelle, but not much better. The Nun I thought had moments, but not a lot, not enough moments, but it was still pretty average. Conjuring, Conjuring did honestly scare the shit out of me. Conjuring, the second film. Second. Conjuring, Amateur, I think it was. No, Conjuring 2, like yeah. it was all about um, the one in England. The one in England, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually really enjoyed that one as well. Yeah. So, there is, a, there is potential for it, but, and it'll probably continue to do franchise options yeah. because they are cheap to make, they can make a lot of money out of them, but this is definitely a weak one. It's just it did not engage in your closet. I felt a real waste of energy. So, the director he write this one as well? Yes. I've done the story at least for it. Right, okay, so it's on him. There's no... Nah, okay. on him. Um, but again, but as you've said time and time again, it's going to make its money. It'll because money. it's low budget, it's Blumhouse. No, it's not Blumhouse, it's not Blumhouse. Oh, is it not? This is James Wan. Is the Annabelle not Blumhouse? No, Annabelle's not Blumhouse. They've got the... Sinister World Right, okay. okay. This is not Blumhouse. Okay. There's, there's no Blumhouse logo before. But it will make, you're right, it will make its money and they will, they'll, they'll spawn another, there's at least another two or three films. Oh, no doubt. There's a fa- the character in this called the Ferryman. Right. Who's worthy, you know, transports the dead from, you know, that's your next. It's not being confirmed, but I'm guaranteeing you that's going to be the next spin-off one for it. I can almost, you can feel it, they, they sort of, they lean in. Of all the characters who they bring to life and put in it, that's when they lean sort of heaviest into the ace. Into it, so I feel that'll be the next one. Set that one up. Yes. Yeah. Um, out of ten, four. Four. Wait, but do you know what? For a horror movie, four out of ten, probably possible. Um, yeah, I was bored. Yeah, I was bored. Did you watch it, Jill? No, I was bored. Um, so last film is a Netflix release, not a cinema release, but we'll talk about it anyway. It's called I Am Mother. Yes. Uh, directed by Grant Spitor. S-P-U-T-O-R-E, Spitor. He's an Aussie. Aussie featured debut, done a lot of TV in Australia and done a couple of adverts. Quite famous for doing adverts, that's in Australia. Um, in the film you've got Rose Byrne, doing the voice of a robot. Yeah. you got a guy called Luke Hopper, who's playing a robot. Do you know what else he was in? No. He was a Krampus. Was it? Yeah. So, right, I, I didn't get this when I was watching it. The, the robot is is a mocap or is it a man in a suit? I think it's mocap. Is it? Right, yeah. okay. Um, obviously, Clara Rugard and Hilary Swank in it as well. Yeah. And the plot of this film is basically is the world is ended. Yes. There's a bunker. Yes. Where all the embryos of human life are kept. One gets made and then she becomes daughter, who is Clara Rugard. Yeah. Um, well, mother is the robot who raises her and looks after her and yeah. keeps her safe. Um, an hour, half hour in the film, Hilary Swank turns up as someone from outside of the bunker, where she's not allowed to go outside, and it's a young girl discovering what is outside the bunker and what else in the world is still around. Being kind of, yeah, having kind of, you know, I want you know what's out there, but I like him here, he's yeah. safe out there. Yeah. Dangerous, but I'm also yeah. don't want to be a robot all the time, what's yeah. happening? Um, I'll go first, I thought it was solid, if unspectacular from Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Decent, nothing wrong with it particularly. Pacing was very slow. You do, you, I said this earlier, and you get, I think you'd get antsy when it affects movies. You're always kind of, you know, a, a wee cup of tea maybe, because it's, you know, they, they just don't quite pace things. Yeah. Well, but I don't know what it is, they just missed yeah. the pacing aspect of um, Effects are decently solid. Yeah. Cast are all good. Hilary Swank's always good, isn't she does. Yeah. Um, I, I, would th- I would think the high concept sci fi is still very much in the shadow of Ex Machina. Ex Machina is sort of like the pinnacle movie, like that's what you want to try and achieve is Ex yeah. Machina. I and haven't seen that. X-Mac is very good. It's excellent. Okay. I mean, you loved it when we saw yeah. it. I mean, yeah, I loved it. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting 
moisturising. Um, I, I didn't like the wee girl in this. I thought she was quite good. She was. I, I don't know what she's been in before, if she's done much, and maybe that, that's why, but I didn't. She never convinced me as. Um, Swank was good. Swank is always good. The robot voice, I didn't know what Rose Burns after I watched it, yeah. is fucking perfect. Yeah, it's almost like, basically, it's almost like it's the 2001. Yeah, it's exactly perfect. Exactly. But yeah, the wee girl at times, I was like, you're no selling me this movie. And because she had so much to do, it's a lot of weight to put on her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. And she just didn't, didn't quite hit it for me. Did you watch this one, Lorraine? I Am Mother? Yeah. No, I have not seen it. Um, I'm just so weird now so I can see Rose Burns in it. Yeah, she does a voice. She's not just a voice. Uh, voice yeah. I like Rose Burns. I'm just yeah. thinking the thing that popped into my head there is I started watching um, recently uh, Damages. Oh, that's very good. Um, I read a little bit about it. Uh, sorry. Is, she, is Rose Burns in that? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's one of the main characters. Oh, right, okay. Um, I think they did it on quite a tight budget. Yeah. I've read a bit, a bit about damages um, with Glenn Close and Tate Donovan and it's quite a few big names yeah, in it. Yeah. But Rose Burns are kind of um, she's like the junior sort of attorney lawyer that right. joins Jet Glenn Close's firm. Well, okay. And when you watch it though, for such a highbrow cast or like such a big star cast, it's quite. Seems really cheaply made. So one of the things where they think they put all the money on the talent and maybe the, the set production. Yeah, but I there. think there's been issues along the way where it got dropped in the third season right, and then okay. it got picked up by another. Right, me, okay. And I think what they did was they, they battered out this. I've only, I'm only like a few episodes out of the first season. Um, but Rose Byrne I do quite enjoy. I like her a lot. She's most things I've done in a moment. Sorry, continue with what you're so, saying. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, the best thing about it was... The, the world they created yeah, looked this, this really is, nice. The, um, it was a believable world. The world building thing Netflix has done mostly is pretty decent. I think in most of the stuff where they do a sort of world, a, a different world mirror, yeah. it's actually really interesting. Yeah, like, just like you've said, the, the pacing that's is all decent. Yeah. Did you get the twist? Kind of, but I, do you know what gave it away for me? And I was kind of reading afterwards, and people were like, "Oh yeah, you know, when it shows you days since event, that yeah. was a kind of big clue." The casting, when you look at the similarities between the girl and Rose Bunn and, and, and um, Hillary, Spank, yeah. and within five minutes it was like, that's odd, and by the end I was like, yeah, that's why. Yeah. It, it kind of gave it away, but, but the twist in it was it's quite a nice twist. You do, I think you do see it coming. Yeah. Um, it doesn't spoon feed you, which is nice. Yeah. You didn't think about it, but I think by the end you're like, it's a nice wee twist. But do you think it's always going for an almost like a kind of sci-fi version of Mother? No. No, I don't be kind of inkling towards that. No. No, I didn't get that at all. What happened to the dog? There you go, there's a fucking question for you. Dogs don't die on films, so can't be. Who knows? Who knows what happened to the dog? Out of 10, what did you give it? Out of 10? It's solid, certainly. Out of 10? I give it a 6. 6? Yeah, it's old enough, but not spectacular. Yeah, it just kind of meanders along. Hilary Swank probably gives it more gravitas than it probably should have. Yeah, agreed. Next I've week. got a big crush on Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank's Boys Don't Cry? I don't know, I just don't know. <laughs> oh, was it, was I really liked team? her in, um, oh, what the hell is that film? Tommy Lee Jones directed it and he's in it. Oh, The, the Horseman? Yeah. 
know the whole thing. It's like the... Oh, and there's the West Ham one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Female yeah. prisoners. Yeah, it's it's the West Ham one. That's a horrible film. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It's really the frontiersman or something. No, it's or something. Like that. It, I know do you know what? It'll like, appear to me at like three a.m. Yeah, or something. Yeah. That, that's yeah. a horrible film. It's so dark. It's a very good film. It's a good film. It's big. There's no light. It is. You know, it's what there's. You know, from the start, you know, you're in for. Is he going to film the Tommy Lee Jones as a rat? I don't know. I mean, I think. Uh, without giving too much away, there's a part in it that is very unexpected. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. The Holmesman is the name of the film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's really a part in it that's because she's so she seems like such a determined woman. Yeah. But she's obviously got her insecurities and her yeah. frailties, yeah. and that there's a part that uh, it's it's very unexpected. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a shock. It's, and it's heartbreaking as well because yeah. I was rooting for her the yeah. whole way through. <laughs> it jars you when you do see you like you just yeah. numbs you up. You look fucked up. Yeah, going, oh shit, that's where this is going to end. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that was a really good. Point. I like that film a lot. No, yeah. Irish Bank is she's great. She's, she's amazing and she's a kind of like. What's up? What's up? Um, Do you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, obviously I know who Hilary Swank is. I'm trying to think how many films I've ever really seen it in. There's that one. I remember, seen, like, uh, Black Dahlia. Have you seen Million Dollar Baby? Yes. I haven't seen that, actually. That's a really good film. Really sad. Oh, we watched Gran Torino as well. Oh, God, yeah, we did. I've I like, never I like seen that film. Yeah. Like um, you, I, you th- I, I liked it. I think some of the dialogue was quite clunky. Um, yes. Like so I'm really trying to make a point of like how I'm a curmudgeonly old racist. That's essentially what um, Clinton does now. They always be curmudgeonly old racist. Yeah, but the, some of the dialogue just was like on the nose. Yeah, Very it was much just here. a bit too blunt and too like. Oh, Hilary Swank in a film this year called What They Had. I really like this a bit. It's about her and Michael Shannon. Uh, the mother dies and they're trying. Or the mother's got dementia and they're trying to like sort of sort her out. Oh. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. I, I really liked it. Logan Lucky, she's in as well. She's in more than this, right? Yeah. She was in this. She played a weird character. I remember yeah, yeah. she was uh, the FBI agent. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, she was uh, the FBI agent. Oh, the Reaping. Remember the Reaping? Yes, it was. Logan Lucky was good. Yeah. yeah. My favourite, The Core. From the Core. I've never seen The Core. The Core's terribly brilliant. Then there is Boys Don't Cry is the one she gets most plaudits for. It's a yes. shame because she's sawed and everything. I've never seen her do a bad thing. She was a Nick Karate kid as well. <laughs> That's right. She's yes. been buff, buff the vampire slayer as well. She was. Yeah. She's, she's been around for a time now. She's in High and the Henderson's TV show. Oh. I love High and the Henderson's. I don't know why I was a What episode? Yeah, so out next week we have, it's a very quiet week next week because there's a maggot, a mega maggot film on the horizon. It's in that. every fucking screen. And that new film is The Lion King, Disney's new remake. Oh, um, yeah, also, also still out, if you don't want to see The Lion King, is a film called Stuber, which I've not seen yet. I quite fancy that. Yeah. I actually do fancy that. So we're going to see that. Other than that, they catch it. But uh, basically, you go to cinema this week, you have to go see The Lion King, because it's the only thing any cinema shows right now. Every, every single fucking screen is all Lion King. But it will make us money. It'll make massive money. Because Beyonce's in it, people love Beyonce. Yeah. Anyway, tell me what we find us. Uh, three beers a movie at uh, Jamie like on Instagram. Um, and started, like, so yeah, give us like some Richard. likes, loves, comments, I've been calling. Richard, this has been. Oh, Lorraine. And we've been. Three beers and a movie.